I'm Dick Summer, and it's time to say goodnight. This is a quiet place to rest your head, a safe place to hide a hurting heart, a gentle place to fall. We just call this place goodnight. Took my lady wonder wench for a little trip. We went to visit my brother John and his lady Beth and a couple of friends from the old days in Brooklyn last Saturday. It was Peg and Leo and Angela and Julie and Dominic, some of the good folks from Brooklyn. It was a good trip. Mom and Dad left the house that we grew up in to John, and he has done a great remodeling job with it. But he's, he's changed everything around from the way I remembered it. And I told him that caused a problem. I said, when I woke up in the middle of the night, I was being careful not to make any noise because I didn't want to wake everybody up. So I didn't turn on the lights. You know, and I, I said, I, I made my way very carefully to the darkest place in the wall. You know, and I could feel the cold tiles under my feet. So I figured so far so good. And, and, and then I said, you know, I picked up the seat and I, I found relief. But, but then when I had to turn around to, to feel my way back to bed and I reached for the flusher handle, it wasn't there and there was no sound of water. So I turned on the light and I instantly realized there was no sound because you can't flush a laundry hamper. <laughs> you, you should have seen the look on his face. John is my youngest brother and there are enough years between us so that when he was a baby I actually had to change his diapers a couple of times. So I told him this is payback, John. It didn't really happen, but I told him it did because well, guys who care about each other can't resist giving each other heart attacks, especially when you're brothers. Because of the distance involved, John and I don't get together as often as we'd like. And it's always good to stay up late at night and share memories of when we were kids. He was telling me about how disappointed he was when one birthday I gave him some new underwear for a present. I said, well, it was new to you anyway. I said, there, you know, there are benefits to being the firstborn. And he said, yeah, but it's the second mouse that gets the cheese. So I said, hey, is that Limburger cheese or did you just take your shoes off? It was a fun night. His lady Beth didn't know our mom, so we were telling her about mom's cooking. Now, our mom was a wonderful mother and a, and a great wife to dad, but she was a really lousy cook. How bad a cook? This is no kidding. She often simply forgot to turn the stove on under the veggies. None of us ever really digested her cooking. It just kind of sat there in your belly and rotted. Everybody always had heartburn. I remember when Wonder Wench started making my meals, the heartburn went away, and I figured I must be dying. Dad, on the other hand, was a high school track star, and he was very much into physical fitness, and he made sure all of his sons understood the value of working out. And I still do my push-ups and I ride my bike, you know, but, but John is into all these new kinds of new age stuff like hanging upside down for a half hour every day. He says it's great for your spine. I figure that's nice, but I think it also has a tendency to give you a stroke while you're strangling to death, which is something of a drawback, you know. 
It's not easy living in a Louis Louis generation body. It seems that just when you're beginning to get your head together, your fanny falls off. You know, the doctors tell us we're supposed to get our blood pressure and our pulse rate down. And how are we supposed to do that, doctor? Well, you do that by exercising regularly, which gets your pulse rate and your blood pressure up. What am I missing here? My doctor felt that one of the things I was missing was a stress test. He said, could save your life. I said, all right, you're the doctor. So he said, well, here, first sign this paper. And I said, well, what does it say? He says, oh, nothing important. But I put my reading glasses on and I saw that it basically says this potentially life-saving stress test, which is very important, can kill you. But by signing here, I am holding everyone in the room harmless from any such problems. All right. I am actually semi-proud of what is left of this only slightly decaying former lifeguard body. So I said, all right, let's do it. Let's go. They put you on a treadmill. And every five minutes, they speed the thing up and they increase the angle to make it harder. And pretty soon I started sweating, but I was doing okay. And I said, what's the record for, for this thing? And the doctor said, 27 minutes for this one. And I was up to about 17 minutes by that time. So I just put my head down and started trucking because I figured I could do better in 27 minutes. But just about two minutes later, it was maybe 19, 20 minutes that I'd been doing this thing, and they stopped the machine. And I said, what are you doing? And he said, well, that's all we need to see. I said, that's not all I need to see. I was a lifeguard. I had a six and a half pack of abs in those days. In fact, just the other night after my shower, I distinctly saw an ab peek through that Twinkie section for a good 30 seconds, and I want to see a new record here. And he gave me that wise doctor chuckle, and then he said it. Those words that every Louis Louis generation guy dreads. He said, you're in great shape for a man your age. And he looked at me, this 15-year-old doctor whose zits had not yet healed over, and I knew that he couldn't tell the difference between me and one of those guys who grows a tuft of hair behind one ear till it's several feet long, and then he wraps it around on the top of his head like a turban. And I am not one of those guys. I have plenty of hair, except for what my lady wonder wench calls my adorable bald spot on the back of my head. It's just a little round bald spot. I didn't even see it till that terrorist barber held a mirror up to show me the haircut in back. Now, to me, that little bald spot looks like a solar panel for a heavy-duty love machine. Now, lots of guys who have plenty left have a little round bald spot, just like mine on the back of their heads. Arnold Schwarzenegger has one. So does Bill Clinton. Now, you don't see those little bald spots that rabbis and bishops have on their heads because they cover them with little caps, you know, but they're there. There's nothing wrong with a little bald spot. Bald is the new blonde. And, and while we're at it, there is no reason to go nuts with that treadmill stuff. As long as that little dimple on your knee isn't your belly button, you're all right. Relax, kick your shoes off. Who cares if you're not wearing socks? At our age, we don't have to if we don't want to wear socks. Loosen your belt if you can still find it. It's when you're relaxed and confident 
that you get the best of the good stuff. That's what real Louis Louis ladies want. A confident, relaxed guy. Maybe with a little money. But you don't need to look like George Clooney. Although my lady wonder wench says that would be a definite plus. But smart women everywhere know that us ordinary Louis Louis generation guys know more about being lovers than all the Hollywood hunks do. Of course, the most important thing that we know is that we don't know very much at all. Dicks to tails. A bunch of fascinating but totally unimportant stuff to stuff in one ear so you can squeeze the important stuff that's keeping you awake out the other ear and you can nod off comfortably to sleep. Since 1990, cheerleading injuries in the United States have increased 110%. I wonder if that figure includes all the heart attacks watching those cheerleaders has given us Louis Louis generation guys. Three people die annually from using their tongues to check if a battery works. However, it is not in vain because by their deaths, they significantly raise the country's IQ level. And according to the state of Florida, you're more likely to die from a falling coconut than from a shark attack. Nevertheless, given the choice in the state of Florida, I will take my chances with the coconut every time. Dicks the tails. They take your mind off your mind. One of the good things about being a member of the Louie Louie generation is that we have the wisdom of Big Louie, his own bad self, to help us out. For example, Big Louie always says, nothing is as powerful as God. So nothing must be pretty powerful stuff. Nothing happened right in the middle of loving you. Just a small nothing, small change, a quick time out, a flash of pumpkin where we left Cinderella's carriage. For just an instant, there was a speck of dust left floating in the air where you were. Nothing much. Nothing like calling you by somebody else's name or forgetting the second line of a poem that you're supposed to recite in the third grade. It was just a clue, not the end of the mystery. I used to be afraid of a lot of nothings, even little ones like that. One of the toughest things that you're taught while you're growing up was always be tough. Act as if nothing hurts. Remember when you were a little kid and you got so happy that you'd spin around till you got dizzy and you were convinced that God was so pleased with you that when you fell down and laughed, he would spin the world the other way a few turns for you, just for you, so he could hear you laugh again. But nobody else noticed. Nobody else cared. Actually, nobody else believed in God enough to think that he would really turn the world the other way just for you. That nobody else became the guy who made the rules. Don't be guilty of enjoying yourself too much. The winner is the guy who dies with the biggest collection of toys. Love is perfect, or it isn't love. All those rules. That could have been the same nobody else who noticed the first time I touched you. But I think it was the other way around. The first time I touched you was the first time I started noticing nobody else. It was nothing much the first time I touched you. It was a long time, a divorce, and some now grown-up children ago, in an all-night diner, with red formica tabletops, old soda fountain handles behind the counter, 
and a fresh vat of very black coffee. The sleet outside was scratching at the window, mirroring the buzzing red neon sign. It was time for middle-of-the-night jokes, tired giggles, and a last cup of coffee together before driving separate roads to places called home. Nothing new for us. Did I catch you watching me, or did you catch me first? I don't remember. It was just an instant. It was a long time ago. But I do remember clearly that suddenly nobody else was everywhere. It was an instant full of elbows and feet, like when you meet someone walking down the street and you both step the same way to get past and you keep bumping into each other. My hand tried to touch you, but my arm wouldn't move. Yours did. You touched my fingertips without letting go of my eyes. And then without a word, with a look on your face as if you'd just been shot, the back of your hand lifted slowly to your lips. And for an instant, we couldn't even breathe. I was very used to nothing in my life. You get so used to sleet scratching at a window that you don't even hear it. But suddenly your eyes changed from June blue skies to midsummer thunderstorms. And without a warning, lightning was blazing in the ice. Time froze and bridges burned behind us. We were two wrong people. Two people with nothing in common. Two people with everything to lose. Two grown-up kids who still believe that sometimes God does turn the world the other way just to hear a human laugh living our lives as if we have nothing to lose. That's a story called Nothing Happened. It's from the Bedtime Stories personal audio CD. If you like it, you can just keep this podcast. Or if you want a fresh copy, you can go to DickSummer.com and download it from the CD Baby icon. Whatever works for you. It was pretty special seeing my little brother John and Angela and Peggy and Julie and Dominic and Leo. The good Brooklyn bunch. Got to get up to see them more often. Now, just before we left for home, I told John that I think he looked sexy with those purple fingernails. And now he's convinced that I slammed the car door on his hand on purpose. Time to tuck you in now. I'm Dick Summer, and I hope you'll come back soon for a gentle place to fall. Quiet place to rest your head. Safe place to hide a hurting heart. Nice and easy now. Couple of deep breaths, come on. There you go. Just one more. That's better. All the way to sleep. All the way to sleep. Good night.